your weekly Selk Grassroots podcast, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Welcome to the Saturday Manager podcast. My name is Nick Pitts from Farnborough Old Boys Guild Reserves in Division 3, west of the Kent County League. This podcast follows the ups and downs of grassroots football, including interviews with players and managers across the grassroots sector. Let's get to it. So tonight on the Saturday Manager Over and Out show, I've never got to introduce this show before. It's always been uh, produced by someone else Uh it's been Tristan Cropley who left after 18 episodes but 33 unbeaten uh, we had Nick Pitt until very recently announcing his resignation from Farnborough Old Boys Guild Reserves in the Kent County Division 3 uh, Nick was player manager um, also working hard behind the scenes uh, Nick's got many strings to his bow he's the Mike Strong Memorial founder uh, and driver uh, behind that he's part of the Selk 11 as our captain uh, and workhorse as well with that uh, Nick joins us Nick how you doing we've been in lockdown so long I thought you might have grown some hair by now <laughs> I know Gibbs Gibbs pointed that I haven't grown any hair out either the other day and uh, yeah it's nice isn't it but yes I'm fine how are you I'm all right mate I'm all right we're recording via Microsoft Teams tonight so all of the feedback on our uh, quality tonight uh, on audio quality not the conversation um, is greatly received right so into the interview uh, as I said you've handed in your resignation yep. at, at Farnborough but let's go all the way back cool. to the beginning uh-huh. when your love affair with Farnborough Reserve started tell us all about it um to be, to be specific, managing uh, my first managerial job was actually as a team I started myself with my brother and my dad um, in the South London Alliance. Okay. Um, we were there 13, 14 season for two years. Fizzled out in the second year. Um, players lose interest. No disrespect to the league, but it's not the most glamorous of leagues back then. It wasn't, no. Um, uh, I then went on to join... Matt Ellis at the Sunday Reserves no I didn't I went to the Sunday Reserves but Jordan Glenn was the manager at the time I just went as a player season later I was then introduced to the Saturday Reserves as a player and then season later I find myself in charge after being there for a year or so yep and it's been interesting it's been um, transitionally from the squad that I was given by James Pine um, Chris Francis and Ollie Whitnell um, the squad I was given by them um, was no way near was nowhere near where we are now mm-hmm. um, we've grown from strength to strength every single season we've become consistent whether that be consistently bad or consistently good yeah. we weren't really ever in the middle mm-hmm. um, so it was nice to know that when we had a run of games you know the momentum was always with us and um, like I said whether that be if we went on a a losing streak which we've rarely done in my time mm-hmm. um, in charge which was nice or we went on like a, a nice 4-5 game on beat and run um, but being being in charge of a team inside a club like Farnborough is not just like running a team um, a standalone 
whoever it might be in any division mm. there are rules you need to meet there are things you know there's the admin the paperwork the money I appreciate that you do that in other sides but there's monthly meetings there's um, you know the our only um, sorry our own code of conduct you know things like that that that, that are all bits and bobs to do with a running of an everyday club and it's no different at Farnborough and it, it, it's certainly broadened my horizon being part of, of a club like Farnborough because of it it was difficult at the beginning I felt that some of the decisions that I wanted to make I couldn't mm-hmm. because I was restricted by the powers that be yep. which is which is fine mm-hmm. but once I could see what I could do on and off the pitch and as you said behind the scenes we'd obviously go we'd come to that yeah. um, I was kind of given a bit of a free reign because I could see what I could do and um, and it was nice and it was nice to gain the respect of, of the respected at the club that meant a lot to me and, and um, it, it put my name in in high esteem and you know I owe you know I owe people for that as well you know Ian Couchman Danny Sane Steve Viner um, with the original committee back when I first joined um, Steve's now the groundsman along with um, Gary I've got his fucking name Gary Saint Gary <laughs> been Gary years. fuck <laughs> anyway um, so yeah I owe it to, to, to those people as well and then obviously as, we, as we've mentioned and as we will mention Luke Johnson Matt Ellis those types of people um, who helped me sort of progress myself as a person and a player at at Farnborough uh, what was it what was the toughest part of being a player manager um, <clears throat> finding the line between being a player and a manager so usually you find these managers that the only reason they put themselves forward for the job is because th- they want to play every week they want to play 90 minutes every week regardless of how good or bad they are mm. um, th- my opinion is that is why a lot of people take over a club and I was I was kind of in the boat where I would leave myself out pretty much week in week out because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be that person where they were going oh fucking hell like he's 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 put himself in again you know he hasn't done anything for two or three weeks hasn't scored for a month you know why is he still playing mm. so it it was difficult to find to find that line but you know I, I, I've never really sort of been again I don't mean this how this sounds but I've, I've always earned my place in the side I've never if I have a bad game I take myself off I'm not one of these people who just leave myself on just because I want to play because mm-hmm. I'd rather get the, the result for the team than myself so yep. I'll always put the team first and again like I said usually put other players before myself and towards sort of back end of last season and season that we're currently in some of the boys would say to me like why are you benching yourself? Like you're playing really well, like you know. And it's easy for them to say that, but it's not them doing the job that yeah. I have to do. I have to manage twenty five people. And yep. It's not easy. No. Also, as well, I think I think at the beginning, I, I found it tough to to be honest with players. You know, it, it, you never you never set out to destroy someone Saturday by leaving them on the bench or not giving them the time that they want. But I think as time went on, I found that easier. And I think once the players saw that I was making the decision for the good of the squad and the good of the team, I think they bought into it. Yep. So I think, which is why we did be, we became so successful in our recent years, because everybody bought into how I wanted to play and 
the systems that I wanted to run and, and basically how I how I ran the team and if if they hadn't bought into that then I, I don't want to say I've, I've been successful because I haven't we haven't won any trophies or anything like that but in terms of progression um, if they didn't buy into it then I probably wouldn't be sitting sitting here now so you know it's they are as much you know in this as, as I am or I was or whatever you want to call it um, and I, you know I can only be grateful to, to them as well in terms of progression I think I reffed Farnborough Reserves against Drummond at um, Coney Hall ages sent, ago you sent off um, sent off one of their players didn't yeah, I remember, yeah. and uh, the progression from them to now it, it, from there to now is massive um, mm. Drummond were a team that was sort of on the up at that time and I think they got promoted they might have been promoted that season or the one after um, but the progression from that team to now is yep. huge yeah massively um, and yeah I think without without um, lockdown last in March yeah. last year I think you'd be sitting in in Division 2 West now comfortably um, doing more of the same that you were doing last year and it, it's it's a shame it's a real shame and the league took the decision not to promote anybody on the western side yeah. of the um of the of the leagues um but which was gutting because was gutting. we trying to look at it logically because when you've got i mean it's, it's just my opinion and i know people look into into these things a lot deeper but if you've got two teams so for example it was us at the time us and meridian and we'd lost one game and that was two meridian and I think they, I don't think they'd lost all season. I think they drew two games. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you've got two teams that are absolutely storming that division, and then you look at the bottom two teams in Division Two, yeah. which I believe were Johnson and Phillips and some other pony outfit. <laughs> That's the opinion of um, ex Silk uh, <laughs> podcast host but Nick Pitt. Their teams, their two teams, so just as an example, their two teams there that have played 18, 19 games and have both got fucking three points. Mm. And I know it depends on what happens in the league above. I know I know that, but use your noddle a little yeah. bit, you know. But, you know, it wasn't to be and, uh, and we went again this year and, and we are where we are now, fortunately. Yeah. Um, so back to um, looking back. Yeah. What were your favourite moments during the time at Farnborough Reserves? Um, two moments that stick out in my head particularly is uh, the first one was the 18-19 season we um, we made the semi-finals of the Seven Oaks Cup yep and we played the infamous Eyed Hill okay at Rustle under right. the lights on a Wednesday night lovely the day before I was due to fly to Amsterdam was that was that pre or post them flattening that pitch and making it nice that was post okay it was lovely yeah it was really nice I mean like I reffed Rustle against Sheppey um, yeah. the season Sheppey uh -huh. got promoted yeah, yeah, when yeah. they had a slope on that yeah. one and it was fucking hard it was lovely but the only thing that sticks out in my brain is the dugouts are like old fashioned bus shelters yeah they're they're they're, they're made for like the Wizard of Oz dwarf people they're those types you know yeah. and it's you have to crouch to get in and all that <laughs> and it, but yeah so <clears throat> we I mean we were they were division one we were division three they shouldn't have even been in that um, that semi-final and if you've heard me speak about this before then I always come back to this story so they played Southborough okay in the quarterfinals yeah and they I think they had to so 
So they won the so they won they won the quarter final, um, and they fielded two ineligible players. Got found out. Yeah. Um, turns out that the the two players that were not signed to the club were something like the manager's son, or whatever it might have been <clears throat> and were the two guys that scored the two winning goals on the day okay. so Southborough won nil up with 10 minutes to go and they scored yeah. two goals okay. like I said two guys that come on not registered anyway so we all kicked up a bit of a stink because mentally I suppose preparing to face a division one team or play a div three seven oaks and district team you want yep. the seven oaks team yeah yeah so um, we kicked up a stink. We even sort of got in touch with Salford and said, look, do what you can. Get them fucking chucked out. Because if it happened to anyone else, you'd be slung out. Mm. Um, they came up with some excuses like, oh, we thought he was registered because the cup registration forms are different from the league. So it's not one registration. Right. You have to sign for the league and then sign for the seven-ounce cup. Okay. Kent is different. If you sign for the full-time, you're on the... Anyway, um, so they were like, oh, well, they, they, I think they pleaded ignorance and just said, oh, we thought he was signed and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, they got to replay it and I think they bashed them 6-0. So right. they should never have been there. No. So anyway, as I was saying, yeah, we got there, turned up, they had loads of their fans there and, and like I said, we never get anyone to come to watch ourselves quite nice. <laughs> um, changing rooms, this is just before they done them up because they're really nice now. They were okay then, but they were nice again for, for what we're used to. Yep. And... Um, Went out, had a warm-up. He's got music playing and all this. Oh, fucking hell, this is a bit all right, isn't it? And uh, first 30 seconds, <clears throat> I'm throwing goal. And I shit myself. Like, I'm thinking, we put this 1-0 up here. Got my shot off. and uh, one of my, and, But the keeper saved it on target. So we went on. Uh, we were 1-0 down for 89 minutes. We scored from a corner to go 1-0 nice. extra time. And we're just fucking buzzing, like absolutely, like we've got three subs. Roll on, roll off. Everyone's fucked. Fitness is playing a massive part. Pitch is massive down there as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they've got like ten subs, and they're calling. Like we're slowing it down. They're going ref. What's fucking all this? You know, usual stuff that yeah. teams do. Um, got to extra time, and right, thought, right, boys, we're in a we're in a fucking battle, yeah. And um, got to extra time, completely fell apart, lost four one, but. It was it was it was a really good. That's the furthest since I've been in charge that we've ever got in a competition, yep. and it was really good. The whole away feeling, it was under the lights. Mm-hmm. All the boys were bang up for it. Yeah, and uh, Ed Breen, our left back, who scored the header on the day, I never forget. He um, he ran to all their fans, giving them the wanker sign <laughs> as you do. But you know, just to see it at that level was uh, as well. And um, yeah, it was it was it was good to see. Um, also last season's run for me n- not in terms of a moment maybe more of like a sort of a section so last year we went like I said we, we lost one game all season and mm-hmm. that was to the top team at the time yep um, which was Meridian we were just un- we were unstoppable we beat pff, we beat Welling 6-1 at home um, we beat Bexley 7-1 at home Um I think I even grabbed two myself on that day. Dancing Sports, we beat them 11-0. They turned up, right? So, you know, you, if you're a manager, you know, you, you email the manager, the opposing manager a week before, this is the kit we're going to be in, blah, blah, blah. So, obviously, we play in red and yellow. They turned up with yellow and black. Um, so, they had to wear an old kit we dug out of the loft. So, looking back on the pictures, it's like Farnborough v. Farnborough, like blue v. yellow. <laughs> um but we were just we'd scored 56 goals in 15 games 
up to that point. Not bad. And looking back on that, I really, truly believe we we definitely would have got promoted. Yeah. I even would go a step further to say we could have probably won it. We okay. hadn't played Housted yep. at the time, who were the informed boys. They were 11 and 11. Um, but judging by what people are saying about them this season, they're stronger this year. Okay. And I think I'd like to say that we would have beaten them definitely at home on our pitch, the yep. way we know we can play. Mm-hmm. Um, their pitch is a bit tricky down at um, yeah, down at the wreck down there. Yeah, but can be a bit soggy. Yeah, as you know, as I know. So, uh, what are the worst moments? Slightly um, negative, I know, but no. Do you know what? Ying and I've, Yang. I've only got one, and it's losing that semi-final. Okay, best and worst moment. Yeah, well, in, truth be told, I mean. We, I've never not really experienced anything bad at the, at the club at the team you know losing players is one thing but players come and go it's not you know once you lose your star player you go fuck am I going to replace him all of a sudden two weeks later you've been playing better or someone else comes along mm-hmm. um, but that <clears throat> that would have been my first bit of silverware as a manager and as a player for a long time as well mm-hmm. um, so not progressing through where we had the chances as well like I said, I had that one on one in the first 30 seconds. So I remember I had a header cleared off the line as well. Ben French, who was playing for us at the time, he hit a post. Um, and with a squad that we had a few missing as well, and with a squad that's so different to what we've got now, I think mm. we had, had the same team now back then, we would have won that. Just interesting, just an interesting <laughs> thing that's popped into my head there. Mm. What, what was the remit given to you when you started at Farnborough? What was the, this is what you need to do, or is it purely... There was none just to keep players playing there was no yeah I mean and, and that's not a detriment to the club um, the way it's been handled this time around is completely different to what I experienced when I was given the job so I remember going to the, the pub I went to the Chats and Arms uh, in Bromley and met James Pine for a drink and um, he'd been texting me all week about just about football and that or this that and the other Sat down and he said, "Oh, you know, I want to get back into playing." James had, was uh, coming back from a bad Achilles injury, and I think he just wanted to get back into playing. Yep. So he said, "About January time, do you fancy it?" I went, "Fuck it, why not?" Yeah. Club like Farnborough, thought, "Yeah, be 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 decent." Um, <laughs> a week later, he's asked me to take over straight away, which I did. <laughs> Um, so I said what happened to December he said oh he might as well do it now which I thought was strange but if that's a decision he wanted to make I don't know what conversations he had with the club Mm. Um, but there was no certainly from him um, there was nothing in terms of this is what we want blah 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 I went to the first committee meeting uh, first Monday of every month and I sat there as the new manager um, and just and kind of as you you touched on a little bit there just keep the boys playing, keep them active. You know, you've got the first team manager at the time who was Andy Giles, I think, or Byron Beard, one of the two. I think it might have been Andy. He lasted about fucking six months or something like that. Um, that's a hard job. I don't... That first team job, I don't envy LJ. He's got a tough job on his hands there. Um, and he's done really well since he's come mm. in because mm. he's, a, he's a good guy in football and he's really well known and... And he, um, he, he, yeah, he's done really well. So going back to your original question, no, I wasn't really given any sort of objectives or duties or whatever, but I feel looking back on from when I took over to where we are now, the progression has been unbelievable, you know, in terms of the team. More looking at our positions in terms of where we finished. So, you know, the first season I took over, I think we finished 10th 
What what are the main mm. what are the main differences from the club that you joined to the one you're leaving then in your in your eyes? Um The club when I first joined and everybody will know it as it's the old boys club. It's very much controlled by uh the older generation whether that be the committee or whether that be a vets team or whatever it might be or people that have been there you know for 50 years Mm -hmm. in the club's 90 year history um now it's more there's a lot of uh, the youth in terms of the playing setup the youth in terms of the people that are involved in the decision making at the club yeah it's a club that's been bought into the 21st century it mm-hmm. really is somewhere that I would if anybody's looking for a local Kent team um, in and around Alpington go and play for Farnborough it yeah. is a club that's that's um, that's going in the right direction and little things again that, that you've touched on just to elaborate on so two years ago I managed to get £7,000 worth of sponsorship to kit out every single team yep I think it was except the vets team, but every every competitive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Fantastic. except the Sunday first team. For what reason? I don't know. I can only apologise, Vince. Um, <laughs> Vince upset someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but off the back of that, Vince managed to get a sponsor for for his kits, uh, his home and away kits. I did get him tracksuits. No, no, I didn't. Tony Kemp got the tracksuits. For some reason, I missed out Vince completely. I got no idea why. Again, Vince, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah first reserves thirds fourths and Sunday reserves all matching kits uh, everyone's seen the night park stuff that, w- that we wear um, all the sponsors um, are contractors of mine at work they uh, they know about the club they're all local to the area yep um, so it wasn't really something I had to sell to them I just said yep. look this is what we want to do um, what do you think and, and yeah they, and, and they bit their arm off at it and things like that go a long way as well because we were still at the time all it might sound minimal but for a club I mean if you look at any professional club the first team reserve team the under 18s all wear the same kit yep we didn't I think we at the time we had the Blackburn the old Blackburn uh, blue and white we had red and yellow obviously yeah, yeah. and then the first team might have had stripes the third team had some tatty old thing from 10 years ago so that really made a statement and that really brought you know the team up to the yeah you did all the photo shoot and all that didn't you in in the summer did all that yeah Yeah, that was good and then um, more recently we've had all the pitch side fencing done so the stuff you get down at like when you go down to Bishop's Justice the 4G stuff the green fencing just to run behind our dugouts because we had a lot of trouble with kids coming up playing on the pitch leaving rubbish up there I found a pack of bacon up there once (laughs) and a used condom oh lovely I mean what is it I mean he's obviously not Jewish is he so again um, opinions shared uh, by Nick Pitt are not necessarily those <laughs> but no we, we had that done so podcast. we had, we had the, um, the fencing done which was a 100 metre run from behind the the, um, the dugouts up to the top pitch which just recently been completed um, we've I mean, myself and Matt we both decorated the changing rooms I haven't actually had a chance to use them no I'm really gutted about that because we, <laughs> we stenciled Farnborough Old Boys Guild in the chain it looks the bollocks and I'm not going to get to use it unless I'm an opposing player um, but we've done all that we decorated all the hallways we put new pictures up because the pictures as well again it might sound silly but pictures were old pictures of 
some of the I, I don't want to say less known players but we've got a lot of players that are really well known at our club yeah Steve Townsend Matt Ellis Charlie Pitt um, and those pitchers have now found their way up I mean for example Steve Townsend scored 60 goals in over the SFL last season and there was no recognition of that out there so mm-hmm. that was quite a good one to get yep. out there yep um, so yeah it's, the club's just been modernised and you know I if I'm ever going to be part of a setup or part of something I don't want to be running around in a tatty old feeler kit from you know that nanny Pat's dragged out of a <laughs> shed or whatever you know it's all about looking professional yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all about looking the part it's just and then you take that onto the pitch and that was quite important to me absolutely uh, so on to some players yes who have been the top three <clears throat> I'll say regular players now, when, you mean reg- when you say regular I mean people that didn't have not just turned up played one game banged an at-trick and, and, go- and gone somewhere else Lee, so- friend, Lee Friend did that for us once yeah Lee Friend I'm thinking maybe Lee Friend maybe Chris McGinty um, no, Chris McGinty's alright he's a Farnborough boy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Friend Lee Friend did I was looking through some stuff yesterday Lee Friend we, when we beat um, we beat Welling at home he scored a hat trick and then he was he was in between teams and I think he couldn't get in the first team for whatever reason I just said you can't play and you don't turn down Lee Friend no. especially at D3 level no so I guess I mean like your regular bunch of players no I was just trying to tell you a story there and you interrupted uh, 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 it was a very good I just want to say his third goal he scored <laughs> he put the keeper on his ass twice yeah. Just put it straight in the top corner. It's just anyway. Uh, three players. Um, firstly, it'll have to be my brother. Yeah, Charlie Pitt. Um, he's been there since the reserve team formed. Um, not the original first team because obviously he wasn't born. Um, <clears throat> he was a wee egg, a wee embryo. Um, he's he's helped me out a lot on and off the pitch. Um, he, he's his performances you know consistently year after year after year um, playing left back playing holding mid playing attacking mid playing left wing playing right wing yeah. playing goal he's oh, played God. everywhere pretty much he probably he's probably actually played everywhere if I'm honest because he wants to do that <laughs> job for the team yeah <clears throat> and um, again if, if I'm getting to games early he'll be there with me if, if I want him there if I don't then he won't be there Um so on and off the pitch 100% he has to be out in front and again not biasly because he's my brother but because of who he is as a person and what he offered to um, to us as a team not necessarily as a club because it, it, he was more sort of obviously looking to do bits of us but yeah he, he's just he's been there a lot of people there was a transitional period where a lot of people left and he could have gone at that time and played yeah. somewhere else but he didn't he stuck with it and yeah he's been there a long time and and credit to him I've seen him play a lot in friendlies and, and games and he shouldn't be playing uh, Div 3 no in, he's unbelievable in uh, he's the unbelievable. Kent County no disrespect to people listening to that comment f- uh, from that league um, but yeah he's, he's a real good player all comments uh, are opinions of Andrew <laughs> well you know lots of players lots of players stick around yeah, because their brother's the manager or yeah. they're, 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 they like the set of, uh, set of guys obviously <clears throat> um, Charlie's a talented player um, yeah you, you're lucky to you're lucky to have had him in yeah. the side um, secondly I'll go Mike Cole okay uh, I made him captain last year because uh, so Charlie was captain before him um, me and Charlie had a chat 
and I think maybe a couple of months after he felt a little bit hard done by, but he, I don't think he felt he was getting the recognition he deserved um, because he was captain. Yeah. And that's probably wrong. Um, he definitely didn't get the recognition he deserved because he, like I just said, he was superb week in, week out. Yep. He was 110%. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I think he wanted to just concentrate on his own game. So gave it to, to Coley. Everybody knows who Coley is. He's a long-haired Elbow forward. merchant. Elbow, pinch your <laughs> Stamps. Bottom, fucking in your ear hole when yeah. you're about to kick the ball and things like that. Yeah. So, And he's been brilliant for us. And, you know, he... I might give him a call Saturday after the game when I'm on my way to my birds or something like that. And I've got time in the car, so I'll give him a chat. How do you think that went? You know, what could we have done better? Um, he's only been with us three years, I think it is. But what he has contributed to the squad and taking a little bit of weight off of me has been phenomenal and I can't really thank him enough for that mm. and yeah it'll be gutting not to play with, play with him again I'm sure our paths will cross and we won't you know not not saying this is goodbye at all but you know we'll, I'll keep in touch with everyone but he's yeah he's certainly he's a laugh in the changing rooms you know he brings everyone together makes my job a lot easier when you've got someone who's as vocal as, as he is on and off the pitch yeah and and he demonstrates that in how he plays as well he's not your typical running behind striker he's your hold up bring the wingers into play yeah. um, he'll probably get more assists than he will goals a season but, and, but that shows you what type of, of striker that he is top three then that's just um, two Charlie and Charlie and uh, Coley last one, one actually for me is a player that's not actually playing for us anymore okay um, and it's Dean Jarman and the reason for that so Dean's managing Chelsfield FC now in the Bromley and District League yeah. now. He's um, on our podcast on uh, released on Tuesday. Yeah, he was. Um, Silk 11 coach. Yeah. UA for B qualified as well. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a good guy. He's a nice fella, Dean. And um, he was actually my, I don't like to say assistant because it makes you sound a bit like important and I'm not. <laughs> And um, but eighteen nineteen. Plus, you season. fucking let, let you don't let anyone do fucking anything anyway. Well, that's the thing. So, <laughs> seventeen eighteen season, Charlie was like, "You need some help, Nick. You're doing it all yourself. You know, yep. you're taking it home. You're having rounds with mum and dad and things like that." And um, so I said, "Right, well, I need someone to help me." Here. And the obvious choice for me was Dean because because of his qualification, because he could do the coaching side. I'll do the man management, but yep. l- officially look at him as my right hand man, so to speak. And for some reasons it was it was good, but other reasons it was just the worst thing I ever did. Because okay. <clears throat> because you're a control freak. Well, yeah. yeah, you don't know where things are. The the guy never picked the phone up when I phoned him. He t- he took three days to reply to a text message. Yeah, and I, I don't live that way. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, but the thing is, everyone's on their phone nowadays. You can't tell me he hasn't been on his phone in the last day. And that just things like that. I know it might sound silly, but I'm sure people can relate to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I had a small car at the time as well, so he took all the gear. He took the balls, the cones, the bibs. Did you have a Fiat Five Hundred? I had. What did I have? No, I had a, I had a motorbike. Oh blimey! Very small car. <laughs> <laughs> One with a car, the side car on the, on the side. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, he, in terms of, like I said, what he brought to the club, um, his his tactical knowledge and his coaching was, was brilliant. He did that side of it for me. I did the man management and picked all the teams just to alleviate a bit of stress and just someone to sort of lean on when, yeah. you know, when I needed it. 
Okay. That's three. That is three. Uh, did the set of players you have reach the goals you set for yourself during the time at, at Farber? Um, yes and no. Yes, because we did what we did in the time given and no because of COVID. Yeah. So COVID has really fucked this massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I can't stress enough that last season, the momentum we had, we were smashing teams week in, week out. We mm. really were fucking destroying teams. Yeah. And we were flying and everybody was enjoying it. We had a great group of players and we were really getting the best, <clears throat> excuse me, out of some of the players. And one of the signings of the season was Dan Dowling and he'd come in from um, Eden Park Rangers, I think, who were Bromley and... Eden Park, I think they're just called Eden, Eden Park. Park. He, so he was there, but he was also there with Coley and a few of okay. the other, John O'Reilly and some of the other boys that we had at the time. And Dan just changed the dynamics. He was centre-half at the back and we, we'd we had a solid back four week in, week out. And it makes such a difference. Like You need consistency, especially in that division as well. You can't be having the same two centre-halves playing for a week and then one goes missing for three weeks, two different geezers at fullback you can't have it it don't work and he was just him Luke Blackwell uh, Craig Ralph and Dave Allen uh, that back four was predominantly the starting back four every week and it showed because I think we conceded about 10 goals mm. in, I don't even think it was that I think it was 8 goals or something in 15 games yeah. which Decent. previous seasons we've we've leaked so many goals mm. and we never had a consistent back four and, <clears throat> and to have that um was was superb and it and then it gives you confidence it gives your midfielders confidence it gives your strikers confidence that your back four and your goalkeeper are solid and, and it allows you, it allows players to express themselves and then they play with no fear so to speak and you get the best out of them yeah. um, so I, I do think in the time that I've been here and I've got me down and worked hard I do think I have got out of the boys what I wanted because it showed in the positions that we finished second last year if we're counting it and we're we're fifth at the minute or sixth at the minute but again we, we, we've done really well I just feel if if I'd have been allowed that time and we are where we are now I think we'd be a Div 2 side as well and yeah we'd be right up there and all I think um, I think we've had we've had discussions weekly about um, about that, the difference between Kent County Three and King County two yep. West Division. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think there's much in it at all. Um, you see, often see teams go straight through. It's the hardest division to get out of that third one. Well, it's, a, it's, it's a tough division. Um, it used to be to what get... fifteen teams, I think. Yeah, back in the day, it's fifteen, sixteen teams, and now it's yeah. twelve, I think. Well, you know, I think COVID, COVID in March, starting last year, yeah. um, killed your. Uh, you would have been promoted. You would have been in promotion yeah, spaces. Uh, it's a massive disappointment. Uh, which rivalries what have you, got have you developed over the years the which, which, count? which which rivalries stand out no refs don't count you don't have <laughs> rivalries you don't have rivalries <laughs> with refs I'll pick two I'm going to go for the less obvious one first um, first one wasn't really a um, it was a rivalry but it wasn't really a nasty one. No. Um, so first one is Josh Oatley from Bride and Ropes. Okay. Uh, we were always up there since I've been in charge. We were they were above us one week, then we went above them, and you know we we text and we go on Twitter, and uh, there's always something going on. 
You had a great relationship with him, didn't you? Yeah, he's, he was a lovely guy, and he he well, he is a lovely guy, and he was always happy to talk about his club and because he wants to get his club out there. Yeah, uh, and people like that, I'll embrace all day long. You know, you gave me a platform to do this, and it's my job to. I mean, I, I know I changed the show slightly from when it was done before, mm-hmm. um, for the better, I think. Yeah, yeah. And well, it got loads of <laughs> it got well, it got lots a load of other people involved. Yeah. Um, and he was one that I could rely on week in, week out for his analysis on his game, mm-hmm. things like that. And then when we played him last season, we drew four all with him. He'd got given the Manager of the Month award. Now, I th- apparently, it's done by bookings and things like that. Well, they do it so, by your wins, I think, and then they look at your discipline and on the back of that. I got th- asked, yeah, one of the Mitch, one of the boys asked me, he said, we haven't lost the game for six weeks. How are you not in contention? And I said I didn't know. But Josh said it was something to do with discipline. Yeah, yeah. So say I think so. Say you won the six games, and that gives you maybe do it on a point scoring right. thing. Yeah. They then look at your yellow and red cards and oh, deduct. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's that's so that's what I said to them. And, and so like I said before the game, he'd got given. He, we all had to crowd around the centre circle. We gave the award out, and they were going fucking wanker. <laughs> so anyway, it was four one up. And all the subs are shouting down to them. They're going, yeah, sling that manager of the month for Wall down here. Blah, blah. And he was getting the fucking raving ump. Ended up drawing the game four all. Nice. Fuck knows how. Well, I do know how. Um, but yeah, little things. Like, it was nice because we had banter on the side and then we just shook hands afterwards and had a beer in the, in the clubhouse. And, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Except for this next person. Um, Mr. Tristan Cropley. Right, this is where I then put a disclaimer in. Any opinions... <laughs> Now, um, no, look. expressed are not those he of the Celtic. He started the Celt. He started no, the he Saturday started manager this whole thing. Yeah, he started the Celt the the Saturday manager show. Yeah, where he took his his opportunity to express his opinion. That's the good thing about the Saturday manager podcast is that anyone that's done it, Nick or Tristan, I said to them both, it's your it's yeah. your thing. Like you yeah. do what you want with it. Don't yeah. worry about anything else. Just get your sort of story out and yeah. you both you both done it you both took the opportunity to have a go at each his, other his, on it he, it was like listening to like you know when you used to listen to the old fucking football results coming in yeah no, no I City won yeah but, three. but he he created that it, or that whole he did it his way you did Correct. it your way he, he didn't have anyone else to Correct. sort of go by so no, I, I thank Tristan for the 18 episodes. Yeah, I do, I you do. You said before, Andy, was shit. No, he's telling absolute <laughs> lies. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking, no, but what, You know... It's... No, do you know what? All I was going to say... Um... You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? He's, he's like a dog with a bone. He just doesn't let things go. And I, I got better as it went on because we met a few times and... You know, he he was at um, he was at Welling, and um, we'd go down to there. I mean, it's a horrible place to go. No one fucking wants to go there. Mm. And um, he's just, it just winds you up because the shit he comes out with, like he'll say something like, "Oh, I remember." I think like we were trying to win a foul in the in the in the corner or something, and someone went on the floor. tactical foul. Oh, it's Farnborough throwing themselves on the floor again. And I know my boys don't do that. They don't. They do it when they need to do it, like everybody does. You said but they don't do it. No, you're saying they you know, do. You know, we do it when we need to do it. But just little <laughs> things like that got under my yeah, skin yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, I'm not going to fucking listen to this geezer. 
So as we went on, I felt like, I've got to be honest, I felt like I grew up a bit and he still wanted to go at it. You know, when we absolutely spanked him 6-1 last year, he was finding every single excuse he blamed the pitch. There was leaves on the pitch. One of my boys told him to leaf it out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just, it was just, look, it's all in good fun. We have a laugh and we say what we say, but, you know, I think he, he put a comment out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, it's been a pleasure. And that's great. He didn't need to do that. No. Um, so, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do it if he didn't want to either. No, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree and credit to him for doing that. So appreciate appreciate that, Tristan. So, um, but yeah, it was it was always lighthearted. At, at, at the time, you think, I want to wring this geezer's neck. but And to prove that, you know, there was other people that he roughed up the wrong way as well because you'd hear, oh, that fucking Tristan Geezer, blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't just... How, bore, how boring would it be if you didn't have all that on the sidelines? Absolutely. Though? Anyone thinks you you just want a game of football. It makes you want to win the game so much yeah, more. Yeah, absolutely, it does. And when we went 3-0 free, free up, I'm thinking, I looked at him and I thought, you fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good thing about football. There we go. Right. What's next? Oh, apparently there's... um. There's a job going at the valley soon. Oh God! Which I think you, I might put me. You do a better job for. than fucking Boya. <laughs> um, look, I, I don't know. I, the reason I'm not management. It, no, that that's that's a definite. I don't want to. I don't want to manage a team now. Um, I made a decision because. Will I, you I be able to stick? Will you be able to keep your beak out of any of the manager's? business though I'll have to as a player I'll have to I'll have to learn how to. hard will that be for you yeah, I mean I'll probably always throw <laughs> me two penithin but no look it, it's down to it's, it's down to me having to just bring myself out of that um, the, the only reason I used to, I get like that is because it, I see us sometimes I see things and I think maybe it should be done better that way and I don't I really don't mean to sound this sounds but nine times a ten that's right and I, I really honestly don't that sounds like a right muggy thing to say but I don't mean that how that sounds and <clears throat> I, I, I've made the, the decision based on 32 this year um, and I've probably missed four or five prime years of playing football you know and I'm not going to go and manage at top level I'm not interested in, in, in that I, I probably could go manage at maybe a, a Div 1 maybe even a Prem team I think I could yeah. if I really put my mind to it you've got experience now haven't you um, but I don't want to do it no and now is about me I, in the last four or five years I haven't thought about myself I've always put everybody else in front of me and now I'm almost entering a different section of my life now I, I might I should be buying my first property maybe at the end of this year early next year so I'll have that to think about as well yep so there's loads of different aspects to come into it but now it's about training once a week playing once a week where that would be I don't know I've actually had some nice phone calls and some decent offers. And again, I don't want to sit here and say, so-and-so's wrong with me, so-and-so's wrong with me. No, no. But I've had half the teams in our division phone me and say, do you want to come down? And I say, but I just want to play. And they're like, yeah, come down. I had one Div 2 team phone me say, come down. I've had a couple of teams in the divisions below the Bromley uh, District League saying, come down, play. Um, So I've got offers on the table but it's about me like I said it's about me playing and it's about um, it's about enjoying it and not saying I haven't enjoyed it in the last couple of years but I don't think I've enjoyed it as much as I could have uh, so now it, it, it's time for to get and I've started already I'm eating better I haven't had a drink for God knows how long um, I'm getting back on the one-to-ones 
in terms of fitness and things like that it's time to get fit and and, and score some goals next season and get back to, to enjoying football just playing and enjoying that's all you yeah, want to do yeah definitely yeah absolutely right well I guess that's up to me to uh, say thank you for everything you've done uh, for us I think Pleasure. the Selk 11 stuff yeah. everyone knows about that and yeah. I think we work quite well on that stuff um, yeah that'll always be that will carry on going uh, until once we can get fans into grounds we'll, yeah. we'll kick that off yeah. um, but everything we've done up to date on that I know you're proud of and I know you take it very seriously Yeah, I know you wish some people would take it as seriously as, as you sometimes yeah. um, but that's life uh, in terms of the podcast I think you're brilliant as I said uh, 33 uh, 33 episodes um, I, I I listened quickly through some of the podcasts that we put out on, on Selk Grassroots um, but your one um, I think because you know, we've become friends and, and we speak a lot that that was one that I really really enjoyed um, I'll be gutted to see uh, you go for, for that for that reason you've always got 33 like to listen back on 33 to keep listening to <laughs> same one <laughs> <laughs> um, about, so the person that will take over because the Saturday manager will continue has got uh, big shoes to fill uh, for the incoming manager uh, of Farmer Reserves when he or she um, are announced um, just, what, just what would the advance be the, the advice should I say um the advice, okay. Um, I was just about to don't say, leave, don't, don't leave your beer near Luke Johnson. I was just about to say, don't take it too seriously, but that's not fucking good advice, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. Um, look, it's a good club. There's good people there uh, with good intentions. Um, the club had dragged its heels for many years. It's now in a position. It's now where it needs to be. Yep. Or on the road to where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, there's grants flying out the door left, right and centre for pitch improvements, which Matt Ellis is, is doing. Um, so there's loads of things going on. It's a great opportunity for someone to come in and the majority of the boys from what I'm hearing are going to stay. So I'm not dissolving the team. Yep. The, the boys are, are, are still there to play. Um, and, and yeah, someone come in and take the ball by the horns and, and, and run it their way. And, you know, it's a good platform for... It's a good platform for someone who who maybe hasn't managed at this level yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone a little bit lower, so a Bromley and district manager, I don't know. Um, but also for someone who has got the experience mm-hmm. of a higher uh, division team to come in at Div 3 and go, right, I'm going to have a crack at this. Make a little project for someone. Mm-hmm. So uh, all I would say is, is enjoy it while you can. Embrace the club and, um, yeah, make some history. Any thank yous? No, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> as I as I said earlier, so current uh, current chairman Danny Sains, uh, President Ian Couchman, um, you've got all the committee members: uh, LJ, um, Paul Parsons, Vince Ray, Matt Ellis, uh, Brett. I don't know his surname. He helps Vince out. I really don't know his surname. Yeah, sorry, Brett. Um, Paul Raggy. Um, He's the the Colts manager, okay, and the welfare officer, um, Chris. Who looks he looks exactly like Chris Powell, exactly like Chris Powell. Um, Best left back to ever play at our club, mate. Oh, absolutely, Paul Kincheski. No, don't be stupid. I'm just putting. It's the first left back I thought of. Herman Harrison. I take Chris Powell every day. Yeah, I would in his prime. Um, so the the, the gut and and the, the backbone 
um, of the club are, th- are those people. They keep it running. It's all voluntarily. No one's mm. paid. No. Um, so they do it because they love the club and they'll probably be there until they decide they don't want to do it no more until they're pushed out. Um, and my my squad of players as well because um, some of the lads that have, have come in this season to get back into football to now find that I'm not going to be, be running it it's probably a bit of a kick in the bollocks but again I'm thinking of myself which I haven't done for a long time so the squad from this year and some of the new boys that came in uh, Tony Rawlins uh, Toby Palmer uh, Chris McGinty which is an absolutely unbelievable signing at that mm. level he whether play, he would play staying, one or two games he played one scored Th- two wasn't it three three hat trick against Bromian's Br- reserves he, scored two. He, he played yeah I think he scored two yeah um, played 20 minutes and scored two goals like ridiculous um, <laughs> but yeah so just just again for the boys to make my life a bit easier I, I will miss driving down to Farnborough on a Saturday um but like I said, I will, you know, I will be going somewhere else. I just don't know what I'm going to do yet. So take this time now to hopefully finish the season. Yep. Hopefully, if the if the um, the Kent FA decide on that 50% of the games played. Um. So for anyone that's not familiar, to I think we played 35%. Um, we play four or five games to take us up to half of the yeah, season points played, per game yeah and then they give us a points per game average yeah so hopefully we can do that just for my sake just so I can go out on a little bit of a, a higher seed of boys um, and then start pre-season elsewhere <clears throat> so does the Saturday manager continue with Nick Pitt and if the season restarts hot off the press I mean if you want me to do it well we might as well there'll be the new manager the new manager will take over from the new season off and yep. pre-season that makes That's sense correct. so Saturday manager over and out show is a load of of a bollocks <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick again thank you for everything you've done Pleasure. for the podcast Pleasure. Um, and thank you for everything you've done uh, with the Selk 11 uh, now we're going to hear some vocal tributes from people from mean, around Farnborough Old Boys Guild what do you mean tributes <laughs> I ain't fucking dead Nick always expected 100% from the players that have played for the reserve side and that's really down to him putting 100% in himself. I think that really showed anybody who's played for the team the amount of effort, time and energy he put into building the team. Um, And that was through getting new players through the door and making sure their, their quality as well so they are only improving the side. Um, and really putting preparation in on training, uh, making sure we're working on new things constantly, preparation before match um, match day and games, and then galvanising people, making sure they were up for it, motivating people. And being honest, there's so much one person was actually actually doing, and he he put so much of his own personal time into it that he's going to be a real sore miss to the to the team he you know he saw how important the social side is to to football and not only obviously by having a laugh but you know making sure people in the um, have chemistry in the, in the team and making sure that this group of players stuck together so he was nick was great to, to be playing with and, and managed by um 
and he brought a lot of feel-good factor to the team, which is just so, so important to, to make a successful running team and making people want to, to play for you. Nick, it's LJ. Just a quick word for me about your time at Farnborough. Um, thank you, mate, for, for everything you put together. I know a lot of the time I try and be jovial about stuff and we take it lightheartedly, but it's, it's been a pleasure to work with you as a reserve team manager. Um, both on and off the pitch, you've, you've dragged that club alongside a few of us forward. Um, and the one thing I would say, as a, as a player or as a manager at any club, we're literally just a custodian of it for the time we're there. And all you have to do is try and leave a place in a better state than it was when you got there. You've a million percent done that for the reserve team, a million percent done it for the club. Um, I'll forever be indebted to you for that. Um, and so will the people down there. You only have to look around it to see the impact that you've had. Best of luck, man, whatever you're doing. Don't be a stranger. Um, any help you ever need, you know, and to get in touch. Top man, Nick. Well done, mate. Pitnick, it's Ellis here, mate, from FOBG Sunday Reserves. Uh, look, mate, I just wanted to say thanks for, for everything you've done for both me and the club over the last five years. Been amazing for us. Um, really, really sad to see you go, but do wish you the best of luck in everything you do going forward. And uh, you know, mate, from from the Splinter Cell, you're always welcome back. Um, yeah, we're going to be the ones missing out, mate, but um, best of luck, mate. Cheers. Andrew, thanks for asking me to uh, share a couple of words on Nick. Nick's been pivotal um, to FIBG um, for some time now. On a personal note, he's been a fantastic manager um, and a friend to me, uh, giving me a chance last season, really uh, reigniting my interest in, in competitive football. Can only wish him all the best. Um, really hard task running a football team, uh, not something I would want to do, and he's done it really, really well. Strong character, uh, don't mind telling people how it is, and uh, it'll only be an asset whether he goes on as a, a player elsewhere or a manager. Hello, mate. I just wanted to drop a quick few words about Nick, obviously, leaving Farnborough. Um, he's going to be sadly missed by the club, the players, and myself, really. He's helped me out quite a lot in my footballing career towards the end of it because I kind of had to adjust to, obviously, getting old and not playing as much. and. With Nick, not just being a top manager, but his man-to-man -man skills are second to none. Obviously, I travel a long way to play football and him being straight with me, telling me when I'm going to play, when I'm not going to play, has helped adjust to that quite a lot. Um, he's going to be greatly missed by Farnborough because the work he does behind the scenes is obviously as well second to none. And I think he's going to find it hard to adapt to having all this spare time on his hands he's going to have to find a new hobby or something but um, yeah like I said he's going to be greatly missed top man top manager and I wish him the best for whatever he does next and obviously I'll always buy him a pint oh and he looks like Sam Allardyce the fat git but yeah love him to bits good luck mate Mr Pitt uh, just want to say uh, wish you all the best in your future endeavours um, got to see you go really at Farnborough even though I haven't been there that long you've made me feel very welcome um, also as well I just want to say thank you for having us on the podcast we had a good laugh um, but 
obviously I'm sure we'll we'll meet up and catch up when all this lockdown's over outside of football. All the best, Tony Rawlings. Hello, Andrew. Um, yeah, of course. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to Nick directly yet, but to be fair, um, whatever Nick does in the future, he can look back with absolute 100% pride um, about what he did while he was there at Farnborough. Not just on the field, uh, but just generally being a really good lad, a good person, um, always doing what he thought was the right thing. And basically the amount of work that he got carried out in and around the ground will leave an indelible footprint on that club for a very, very long time. So not just the football side of it, but all sides of it cannot speak highly enough of what he did while he was there. And, and to be fair, Farnborough's loss is another club's enormous gain. Um, top lad, and I wish him all the best. Hi, this is Mike from uh, Farnborough Old Boys Reserves. Just a little mention on, on Nick. Um, sad to see him go. Pers- tried to persuade him to stay as much as I could, but he already made up his mind and... Um, I wish him all the best. It's been an absolute pleasure playing with him. And him being my manager as well, it's been great him bringing me to the club a couple of years ago and made me captain and we had a good little success going on. Um, I'm sure if the pandemic hadn't happened last year, we would have definitely gone up and, and that would have been lovely for us. But no, I wish Nick all the best. He's, he's been a good, good guy to me, a good friend. And uh, definitely on a personal note, he's... Um, just brilliant to talk to especially about football some of the nights we'd have just talking about football for hours on the phone and how we can improve and it's just been brilliant and I'll be sad to see that see that go but um, I wish him all the best whether he wants to carry on playing whatever he does he's going to be brilliant he's a top guy and uh, he'll definitely be missed it's just been brilliant for the club the amount of things he's done there behind the scenes and just massively improved it all all round, really. So, Nick, good luck whatever you get up to next. Having trouble tracking who can play and who can't? Download Down to Play before your next match. The first app to purely focus on player availability. Get Down to Play for free in the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.